I'm Scott Hansen with NFL Red Zone, and you are listening to the Gridiron Gentlemen. Hello and welcome to this week's Gridiron Gentlemen podcast. We've taken a short sabbatical. We have returned. And if you're thinking this sounds a little bit different, yeah, Dan's run away. Dan's left us. Dan's given up. He's just become an absolute turncoat and left us for dead. No, he hasn't. He's taken a week off. He'll be back next week. Stop panicking. I'm filling in. No pressure. No one else has presented this podcast for the last eight years. But seriously, I'm not breaking it at all. Anyway, this week, to take us through um, Buses and Bandwagons Week, um, a show that we did many, many moons ago, and I'm looking to revisit it. It was fun then. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's going to be fun now. We've got the lovely, the delightful, delicious, the delectable Alan. Alan, how are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. Um, I'm glad to be back with you guys on this bank holiday weekend. Uh, and Sir Philip of Knuckleshire, how the dickens are you? I'm all right. I've just about recovered from my hangover after the basketball social Ooh. last night. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. I did not feel human until about two hours ago. Is it just lots of tall people just just drinking, shouting, and seeing how Basically, high yeah. they can throw people, throw each other? Fantastic. Okay, that's yeah. At one point, there was an arm wrestle. Was there? There was, was an arm wrestling. In, it was no, you, no, no, there were guys much bigger really? than me doing the arm wrestling. <laughs> I wouldn't know part of that. <laughs> the Gridiron Gentleman's very own Hulk um, has admitted that someone else is larger than <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, okay, don't do that, face, Phil. Um, this is an audio podcast. It, you, yeah. You're scaring me. No one else. <laughs> anyway, so in the time since we've spoken, many, many things have happened in the NFL. We've had drafts. We've had lots of other things happen. Um, of note, most recently, though, uh, before we get to the main body of the topic, just want to get to one thing. DeAndre Hopkins, he was released last week by the Cardinals. Do we have mm-hmm. any thoughts? Yeah, Brett, Brett Coleman put it the best with the tweet he sent out. I didn't think it was possible for the Cardinals um, to fleece themselves more than they fleeced the Texans in that team. But, but here we are. Here we are. That's a spectacular take. And, and I assumed that um, the removal of Steve Kime would improve things. But obviously, it's simply the fact that the franchise is cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another school of thought on this, though. Um, that he's a 30-year-old wide receiver who wasn't that much of an athlete to begin with and we've seen diminishing returns of him in the last two seasons I mean is there something to be said for that take do you think yeah it's understandable um admittedly he hasn't had the best um best like help around him um he said yeah. Kyler Murray be good sometimes but also be injured a lot of the time doesn't help mm. the offense wasn't really set up for him to succeed and when they did have a decent offense going Kyler Murray had the issue of staring him down to the point where the entire defense would just stand around DeAndre Hopkins yeah mm. yeah and then Kyler Murray would have to run for his life mm-hmm. um as a 30 year old wide receiver he can he can still run the routes and make good catches and stuff like that he's still a Whilst he isn't an amazing athlete, he's physically strong and can throw himself about a bit, which yeah. in the right offense, I think, could fit quite well as a second or third option. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that too. And, and and I have some thoughts about 
landing spots. I'm sure we all do, and we'll get to those in a moment. But there is one thing that occurred to me, and the timing of it, certainly. Um, do we think that they would have been as keen to offload DeAndre Hopkins, basically their only even close to blue chip player, had they acquired picks, potentially acquired picks one and two in next year's draft? I mean, uh, are they yeah, I think, absolutely sure that they definitely yeah. pick first? Yeah. I, I think there's a very good chance that the Cardinals are rebuilding again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and at which point, you know, JJ Watts just retired, so that's one big pay thing. You know, big mm. chunk of your pay gone that you don't have to worry about. And if, yeah, if you get Nuke out the door, that's another big chunk of money you don't have to worry about. Yeah. And then you can start building around these the younger guys on that offense, like Rondale Moore and people like that. Mm. It, it makes sense. Even mm. if they don't go QB in the next next year and they want to keep Tyler, I think at this point it does kind of need to be a... They need to rebuild what they have. I'm not saying it's going to be a long rebuild because mm. you've got... If you keep Kyler at QB and you finally get an offense working around him, great, perfect. Um, and I think we'll... we'll get a gauge of that this season depending on mm-hmm. Kyler's fitness yeah okay. and something something that points, points to that as well uh, is if they'd waited a week and released him post June the 1st <laughs> his dead cap hit would have been spread across the next two seasons this season, <laughs> next season whereas they're choosing to eat all the money this season which indicates yeah. they are freeing it up for next year to to have a Perfect. to have a go at rebuilding or and 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 have as much free capital next year as possible um yeah so it's definitely signals that they thought it was yeah. time to move on i and your question james around is there some element to it of diminishing returns and they're not. I would agree with what Phil says that part of the reason for the diminishing returns is he's not been in the best situation there. They're not playing yeah. to strengths. They're not. They were a dysfunctional offense, uh, capable of capable of some moments of magic, but equally at times didn't look good at all. Um, Hopkins was never Hopkins was never a blow by you straight line speed kind of guy. You throw the ball to him, he will catch it. He will bully out muscle outright kill other defenders <laughs> to get the ball. Yes. Um, and there's always there's always a place for that type of receiver in a team. Um, so I, th- I think being 30 years old is less of an issue for him than someone like Tyreek Hill or, you know, your speedsters, yeah, who guys who rely on their speed. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, if, if you're gambling on Hopkins... Dr- Fallen off a cliff. That's a pretty big gamble in my eyes. But clearly, they've mm. just thought it's time. And, clearly, they've just thought it's time to move on. Especially with he was making noises around what potentially what now, and you know some of the digs he's had at Kyler Murray, which are not so subtle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with landing spots for him, it, it's um. I mean, nothing's happened yet because I think it's Memorial Day end in the state. But you, you would still have expected there to be a bit more buzz around the landing spots. Um, I expect he'll find a home at some point, but, but I want to throw this out to both of you. Um, where do you think the best landing spot you think would be for DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, where it would be mutually beneficial for both parties. Yeah. Um, first name that comes to mind is Bills. 
because they could use an extra receiver weapon mm-hmm. uh, on top of Diggs and uh, Gabe. Um, yeah, they, they, they could definitely use the help in the receiver room, so it would help them. And also, I, I think he'd, he'd fit in well there um, because he's different from the two receivers they've got. But mm-hmm. Josh Allen's good enough QB to be able to make that sort of thing work. You know, he can throw the the passes that, that DeAndre kind of lives off quite happily, whereas Kyler is always throwing darting stuff on the run whilst panicking that he's going to get killed by some <laughs> defensive lineman. Um, whereas Josh Allen's just going to stand there and be like, you can hit me if you want. It's not going to go well. I'm just going to throw the ball now. No. Yeah. 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 So I think he'd be a really that, good that fit would- there. I think, yeah, as that extra piece to add, yeah. and 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 it doesn't, and and if you are in two minds about you know whether he is still that guy, he still be he's still a piece added. So if he is still that guy, yes, you've got Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins, and if you haven't got one hundred percent DeAndre Hopkins, what you have got is you've still got Stephon Diggs, who's still the real thing, I'm assuming. And then you've still got sort of 60-70% DeAndre Hopkins and Gabe Davis, which is better than what you had and still yep. quite appealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so absolutely. Any other landing spots we think would be um in terms, fun in terms or any of, that would be horrific. Yeah, in terms of in terms of mutually beneficial, I think the Bills are the standout one, absolutely. Um, in terms yeah. of Hopkins being able to go there and win stuff and have a great QB and um, where where it's a landing spot I think would be fun or interesting would be Green Bay. Um, <laughs> how, just and and I'm I'm being not I, I wasn't going to for other reasons other than the facetious ones I'm going to say how funny would it be that Aaron Rodgers leaves and they finally go and get him a blue chip receiver like DeAndre Hopkins? That it would be, be it would be it would be hilarious. hilarious. But yeah, that, that's <laughs> that. it would be. Sorry, Nico, I was just going to say that, um, yeah, other other than that reason, you know, Green Bay have got young up-and-coming receivers, but they're, they're rookies or they're one year in and they're young. He would be a great presence to have around the locker room to learn from them. And obviously it would contribute right away. He would add something different to your to your Christian Watsons, to your um, <laughs> Romeo Dubs. So that would be a really good spot for him. Whether 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 it would be high on his list, given the unknowns around Jordan Love, I don't know. For this, for the same same reasons, um, maybe the Saints. You know, uh, unknown around. Obviously, the Saints would be very intriguing. Yeah. Their cap, their cap situation aside, which we've talked to death. What cap situation? Yeah. The Saints yeah. have never had a cap situation. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Saints of five years in the future have the cap problems. Yeah, um, they they've got they've got Chris Olave who is an absolute stud, but then you've got you've got Michael Thomas. Is he is he going to be the Michael Thomas of old, or is he done? Is he beat up? Is he is his body shot? Um, uh, so yeah, that that would be. If I was the Saints, I'd be looking at him as the type of player that you want to give to Derek Carr. Um, yeah, that's very, very cool. So obviously, there's been there was a little bit of chatter about him him potentially being linked with New England. I don't know. I I, I couldn't imagine a worse culture fit, um, <laughs> or or a worse schematic fit either. It's just yeah. like you know, that team needs juice. Okay, yeah. that team needs someone fast. Needs yeah. Speed. Yeah. Like yeah. A, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're never going to, you're never going to say no. You're never going to say no to a player of Hopkins' caliber, but you're right. It's it's not a press that type of receiver. If you're going to add a receiver, it's not the type of receiver that schematically we need to complement the other pieces we've got. No. Mm. And obviously the Bill O'Brien thing. Mm, yeah. No. I I I think generally he would be a bad fit in 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 New England anyway. Just because I could see him, his his personality jarring with quite a few people there. But even so, he's also been linked with Dallas as well, and I think that that's all well and good, but let, let's wait and see if Michael Gallup's legs are working this year mm-hmm. before we start um, mm-hmm. writing him off his, at his best. He can be a mm-hmm. heck of a wide receiver. And I think the Cowboys, I don't know. I don't think wide receiver is necessarily their biggest problem. No, definitely not. What about? Oh, okay, Just, just, just occurred to me there at the moment. What about a reunion with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland? No, I don't want good things for Cleveland. No, I don't want it. I don't want it to happen. But no, definitely not. But it's, um, yeah. Anyway, it's intriguing. I, I don't know that they necessarily feel that they need it that they've gone and got Elijah Moore and I think mm. with the pieces they've already got I, I don't know necessarily it, it will be a very interesting to see I, I hope he goes somewhere where he is the extra piece he's only required to be the extra piece yeah yeah because then you know, yeah you don't want he, him as, as receiver number one or option number one. You don't want that pressure. You don't want that pressure and the expectation on you as a franchise. You you want to just add him and go, well, he could be. And if mm-hmm. he isn't, it's not that big a problem. Yeah, he needs to go to someone that's got the room already. So <laughs> I did see a joke going around, so please don't let him go to Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> the most adaptable offense in no the world. They don't need they yeah. don't need more toys. Don't don't, <laughs> don't need that at all. Um no one needs that. Um, I think that, no, no one needs it. Nope. Uh, okay, so that's D Hop covered off. Um, the only other thing I did sort of want to mention that was because it's 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 recent and current is Kenny Pickett. Hmm. Kenny Pickett had his SUV broken into and his playbook's gone missing. Ooh, no! Wow, that's not great, is it? So what happens when that happens? Do they shred the playbook? They set it on fire. They write a new one. They have to change their entire office, or do they hire a private investigator to go and find it? Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's probably in Baltimore <laughs> somewhere. I would imagine so. <laughs> I'm just you know, thinking of one of the, which one of the AFC North teams needs help with their offense. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cincinnati are fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's either going to be Cleveland or Baltimore, whose offense is suspect at best. Yeah, let's go with them. So yeah. Do Do you think it's Todd Munkin with a false nose, a false moustache, and a big pair of plastic glasses running yes. away from the scene of the crime? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Big, big fedora and a trench coat. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting. Right. It's an interesting question because yes. I mean, how the risk reward 
you, surely you can't just tear apart your offense on one missing playbook and and, and start again. It's it's completely impractical to do that. But at the same time, it's not great if that knowledge gets out there. And you know, if if it's not if it's not just some um, random break in where no one knows what they've got and it ends up in a you know in a dumpster somewhere, then fine. But if if not, then yeah, it's a, it's a really intriguing situation. I'm assuming it's an electronic file and it's password protected. And yeah, you would hope so. Not this massive 1,000 page <laughs> ring binder. Like the word some Kenny Bible sized thing yeah. that you could use as a doorstop. Like it used yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah. You used to have to fork, the, the, old, the old 80s and 90s playbooks had to be forklifted in um, <laughs> one by one. Um, so, yeah, okay. Uh, aside from that, we it's been a, it's a pre, it's pretty slow. We've got news that Jimmy Garoppolo again has got has, has having injury issues um, that may or may not derail another Jimmy Garoppolo team season. Um, who could possibly have predicted that? Mm-hmm. Does this sound a death knell for the Raiders? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're in a tough division to get out of anyway. I mean, all Jimmy Garoppolo really was was basically going to be the same level. Well, actually, a slightly lower level QB than what they had the previous. Yeah, yeah Derek Carr is probably a better QB than Jimmy G. So you've not upgraded, and him being hurt just means you're going to have to play your backup instead. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they were going to be better this year, necessarily. Not necessarily, but when you look at who's behind the one that up. Oh- Depth chart currently, it's Brian Hoyer and Aidan O'Connell. So that's still Brian Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if, if, Garoppolo, if Garoppolo is done, they need to go get someone else, or you can just set this. Just go call Dick, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of those guys. Yeah. Um, Please. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, so, so hold on, hold on a minute. Your insurance policy for a quarterback that, that has injury issues is to go and get another quarterback with injury issues. Yes. Let's do that. Immediately. Totally. It's quite murky, this one, because apparently it was initially reported in December that the fracture was not severe enough to require surgery. But as was found earlier this week, he underwent surgery anyway, shortly after signing with the Raiders in March. So he got the bag of cash, then had the surgery. Um, he also needed to have a waiver or he would have failed his physical. Yeah. I was going to say that I saw I saw a report that was. Do you remember the whole thing when they signed Jimmy Garoppolo? There was going to be a press conference, and then it didn't happen for days. That was because that was because he actually failed his physical, and they reworked they reworked that contract so that if if he doesn't play this season, then he's not he's basically not cost them anything if he doesn't play this season. So that that signing bonus that he was supposed to get has now been. M- moved into next year's salary so they can cut risk free. So there was a whole big thing there about yeah um, that that that's what that's what the whole deal was around around the initial signing and he was due to talk to the media and then all of a sudden he wasn't. So uh, apparently it's despite what they're saying about it not being a big issue, it seems to be. If you look at the contract, they are quite clearly concerned about. It. Yeah. Currently, they're saying he might not practice until training camp. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 <laughs> this isn't great 
this is this is not great. You want him in OTAs. He's 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 new to the, he's not new to the offense. Obviously, I was going to say yeah, he's he's a Madonna's offense. He, he yeah. grew up on that basically. I know he's, he's had a he's had a refreshing break and now he's back um, <laughs> back in the cellar, back in the cellar. Um, <laughs> but he still needs to sort of be there for install and and, and all of that. Yeah. And I think that. The, the, I don't know if Raiders fans could stomach 16 games of Brian Hoyer. It'll be really, really funny, <laughs> but not for Jimmy G. If they no, gave be... a gentleman called Tom a call, <laughs> and Jimmy G ends up being Tom Brady's backup again. <laughs> no. I, I don't know if you can play for the team if you are a part owner of the team. Just... Yeah, it'd be fine. I can't see any problem. Well, you, de- you, you definitely can't because you, you. How I know that is because if you could, Jerry Jones would have been out there at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he definitely yeah, would try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if any part owner was going to do that. Also, yeah. by the way, Tom Brady's twenty-nine million dollars stake in the Raiders isn't actually going to cost him twenty-nine million dollars at all. They're going to make it cheap for him. Just for having the cachet of, of having him as a part owner of, of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's the way it works. When the Williams sisters did it as well, when Serena and Venus bought like a, a small share in the Dolphins, same thing happened. Apparently, when you have these famous people wanting to buy small percentages of your team, they give it to you at a cut price, just wow. because they want to have you on the board. Yeah. Great. Brilliant. <laughs> Don't know why we didn't. Do it. Oh, yeah, because no one cares who we like. That's why. Um, anyway, so should we proceed on to the meat and potatoes? As I oh. Yes. Just, just one thing. Sorry if you don't mind, no. James. But yeah. it was, it was, tangi- it was tangi- tangentially related to the point you made about Kenny Pickett. Did you see Ben Roethlisberger's comments in that interview he did? Oh, uh, he was unkind. Yes, he didn't want Pickett yeah, to do he- well when he first took the job. I, I kind of get it. Yeah. All this like, I don't want him to be better than me. Yeah. I'm like one of the best QBs in that team's history. I don't want him to be better than me. That's going to make me feel bad. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's basically what he it's said. Bit, it's it's bit, like, yeah. yeah. It's a bit dickish, but it's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's one of the less dickish things he's done. So. Going up to an extra thing. How's the new guy? I hope he's got horrific erectile dysfunction. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's that. It's that exact same set of emotions, just football wise. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he's horrendous. <laughs> Is he terrible? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Tiny, tiny hands. Anyway, <laughs> on on to <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Phil. You okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. Good. So, buses and bandwagons, we are entering false hope season. And we're also in that little bit of the off-season just before we would start our deep dives. But we're not starting them yet. We're going to do what we always do, which is leave them a little bit too late and try and do three in the final week. Um, so, with that in mind, I thought we'd just do a loosey-goosey one, sort of ease me into my substitute presenting, and just because it's something that we've done before and has gone quite well. Every year, we have teams who ascend in our consciousness throughout the off-season as ones to watch. You know, bandwagons you might think about jumping on, buses you might want to catch, you know, 
we've all been on that ride. We all have our team, and we have that season where our team is horrific and flames out. Um, Alan, do we, James? Do we? Yes. What happened last yes, year? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, Alan's starting to feel that now too, as well. So it's not just me. Yeah, okay? Alan's <laughs> fine. Six Super Bowls in like fifteen years. He's fine. Yeah. Your pain. But you know, when, yeah. when 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 your team flames out, you automatically look for sucker elsewhere. I mean, you look for a team you could kind of sort of, you know, go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm on board with them. They're going to be the the other team that I'm going to kind of root for, you know? And we've all so done like, it. Like Bass with the Lions last year. Mm-hmm. Yes, Although that, that, like, that almost exactly came that. out. That almost came out right. But that, that was one that was like, in terms of bandwagons, the amount of heartbreak you felt jumping onto that bandwagon mm-hmm. was actually relatively small. And it wasn't disproportionate to your level of expectation because you thought, oh, they might make the playoffs. They might not, at least if they do well. And that yeah. was possibly the ceiling of your hope, unless you are from Detroit, Michigan, in which yeah. case you're expecting Super Bowl. Um, I'm not sure if they are, to be honest with you. <laughs> Actually, no, Lions fans are, are historically very realistic people. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, why Robocop was a dystopia for a start. Lions and all that. Anyway, but, um, <laughs> but, but the level of, you know, the reality and the fantasy weren't too far apart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But then you, you have the bandwagons where the fantasy and the reality are miles apart or they start off miles apart and then suddenly a team builds momentum that gives you this feeling of indestructibility and it's crushed and you're on that bus as it's crushed and it ruins your life again and we've all had it so i'm going to start with the bandwagon that broke me the hardest which actually, and I'm ashamed to say as a Broncos fan, was the 2016 Raiders. Mm. Oh, the, uh, the ACDC Raiders. Yeah. The, yeah. It's broke, it's broke. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Moment. Yeah. Yeah. Most, I, but, I was there were, with you. <laughs> but they were the most fundamentally flawed team. If you look back, everything about the team was wrong. Mm-hmm. The defense wasn't very good. The offense wasn't very good. The offensive line was basically porous. More on that later. Um, and all season long, people were going on about how reliable Donald Penn is. How, you know, he just doesn't give up pressure. He has that one bright spot on that offensive line. Blah, 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 blah. Him and Rodney Hudson. You know, you've got Amari Cooper. You've got Derek Carr. You've got all these other role players around them doing their little bit. And it's sort of just, just pulling off wins together. And they were doing it in such a cavalier you know, musketeer like romantic style. Oh, it was great. <laughs> and then in that moment, in that playoff game, Derek Carr's leg snaps. Mm-hmm. And then everything stops. Oh. A tiny bit of false hope about, you know, the backup coming in. And then it's all just doomed and dead. And all that hope and all that goodwill and all that joy I built up across the course of the season just left me. And you know, the worst bit about it, it was another AFC West team I'd fallen for as well. Mm-hmm. It's like falling in love with your, your, your girlfriend's sister. It's awful. It's a horrific thing. 
only for, to realize that they've, they've trapped you and sent photos of to their sister. Anyway, complicated metaphor there. But do you guys have similar ones that have broken your heart? And there's a reason I asked this. We'll get to it in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. One that, jump, one that jumps into mind, it's not a team, it's a person and something that happened to yeah. this particular player. So, Oh, it can be a person. Yes, definitely. Yeah, um, Carry on. A young gentleman by the name of Tyrod Taylor, when he went to the Chargers, oh. I thought, this is it. He's <laughs> finally He's finally been put in a position where he could win. He could show what he's all about. Oh, and, that goddamn uh, doctor. <laughs> the first game of the season. <laughs> goddamn mother. He gets stabbed in the lungs by, <laughs> by a medical professional who should know better. <laughs> and he doesn't see the field. And <laughs> Justin Herbert comes and again takes his job. From nowhere. Oh, it wasn't he'd be that good. It's just all of a sudden, oh, oh me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely do, and 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 it, and it is it's players and and teams like that that crush you and break you. Bill, heartbreak. Uh I mean, you mentioned one of them with the Raiders. That that yeah. that Raiders team. I liked that Raiders team. I liked everything about them. <laughs> yeah, they weren't great, but they played great, and it was fun. Oh, oh that was horrible. Um, I know it's sad, but Andrew Luck. Oh, I, I, I look. I love Andrew Luck. He was I great. Listened the, I, I've listened to the Athletic Football Show's six-part Luck podcast three times, and it never three times I've listened to that, and it never ceases to make me well up ever so slightly every time I hear his <sighs> voice in that press conference. Oh, mate, just devastating. Did you hear it? You hear mm. everything. And it's oh, just, it's yeah. Don't what you mustn't do is watch all of it from beginning to end with the video as well because you will go, you will, your eyes Why will leak, your eyes will leak, especially at the bits where he tries to make jokes <laughs> and tries to just laugh through it and it's tearing him apart. Oh, he was so, so great. I loved his way of like he could t- takes a hit off a lineman and he's like, Oh, that was a really good hit. Cheers, thanks for that. Gets up and you're just like, Yeah, yeah, and oh, just, goodness. And just, and just the fact that he was such a massive nerd yep. as well. Just such a strange human being. So completely and totally alien to the NFL, but also managed to fit in and make friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I want to look at now is the buses that are, you know, the bandwagons that are starting to, to, to pop up now mm. that are coming into focus. And um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge that perhaps the the biggest and most promising and shiniest bandwagon of all wasn't the New York Jets. And my question is, what on earth could go wrong next with the New York Jets? You want a list? Because (laughs) we can look at the roster. We can look at what they've done. They've acquired Aaron Rodgers. All of these players that are Rogers friendly. There's already a solid core on defense of players. They managed to find a shutdown corner, <laughs> you know, which you don't just find. 
You know, um, they've managed to find themselves a decent RB1. They found themselves a wide receiver one. They found themselves a decent complementary second corner last year as well. You know, the offensive line is starting to take some shape. And they acquire a quarterback who is potentially a first ballot Hall of Famer with no signs of physical decline, really. And my question is, how is it going to implode? Because it will. Obviously. Because you're going to get on that bus. (laughs) But, but, But this is the thing. But a serious question, though. What are the things that could stop the Jets from being successful with Aaron Rodgers? The, the obvious one is an Aaron Rodgers injury because that would yeah, completely deflate your offense. Mm-hmm. Your other things are the toys he has getting hurt, like the running back going out injured as he did last year, losing like Garrett Allen or someone like that for a big chunk of the season. I mean, those are the sort of the, the obvious ones. Um, he could get trapped in a dark cave where the lights don't work. Because he's <laughs> meditating and taking ayahuasca or something. Mm-hmm. He could eat a bad batch of magic mushrooms mm-hmm. and start hallucinating that all the players' t- colours have switched, so he starts passing to the opposite team. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these are within reason. <laughs> do we think do we think the appointment of Nathaniel Hackett is a risk? Yes. 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 Yeah. Now, luckily, he doesn't have to call timeouts or tell you when to snap or anything. Um, doesn't need the fan. You know, he's no longer in a place where he needs the fans to count for him. Uh, I think they brought he him in, assuming he has, <laughs> assuming he has this relationship with Aaron Rodgers, but. Mm. Aaron Rodgers was basically the offensive coordinator for Green yes. Bay. He was, that, <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett was basically just a cheerleader. That's what I was going to say, Phil. Ad, uh, Nathaniel Hackett is Adam Gase 2.0. Adam Gase got a job on the back of those seasons with Peyton Manning in Denver, but that was Peyton Manning's offence. That was not Adam Gase. No. Same situation here. And with, with, with regards to your question, James, the first thing that popped into my head... So let me let me ask you guys a question, and and I haven't necessarily thought this through, so I'm actually asking the question rather than rather than thinking of the answer. I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Is, is this Jets team really that much more talented than some of the best Green Bay teams of the last decade that didn't win anything with Aaron Rodgers? No, no, they're not. There you go. They're basically the same kind of level as some of the better Green Bay teams have been. That choke in the playoffs and lose to the yes. Niners every year. <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say they were. As, I, it's, it's odd you say that. I wouldn't say that they were as good as the team that got absolutely destroyed in the NFC Championship game by the Niners the first time around. Um, that yeah. team was actually really rather good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's more that they are considered to be. Um, they're an ascending group. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what concerns me about ascending groups with young core talent is that sometimes when you when you add in an experienced player like this, it can sometimes be the worst thing that can happen for them because it, it the inertia of that cult of personality yeah. around that player it can be very demotivating and disheartening, particularly with players that want to establish their own identity in that team. You know, you think about Source Gardner. Source Gardner is 
last year was he embodied the New York Jets. He was the New York Jets last year. He was like, you know, you think the Jets, you think source, you think big change, yeah. big personality, big guy, not afraid to laugh at himself, very good at his job, charisma, just this massive ball of charisma. And then you've got Garrett Wilson, who was just this flash of you know talent and brilliance that was happening, and all of these other guys that were just showing up for them, young players that are flat, you know balling out. Elijah Vera Tucker hanging in there at tackle and doing a decent job, you know. Yeah. And it just the arrow pointing upward with this young core group of players, and then all of a sudden you just transplant this young burgeoning group and just make it, you know, Aaron Rodgers and friends. Yeah. It, we think we, we seem to think that it's not going to do something to sort of affect the momentum of this this younger core of players because what yeah. in my vision for the Jets was that they would simply have a stopgap starter this year and then make a serious play for a young quarterback in the mm-hmm. draft for next year because I think that's that would have been the right strategy for them. But you know they've gone and got a bridge quarterback that's basically going to be the sole focus of the New York media and this team for the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. that. Plus the fact that they've acquiesced to so many of his demands, you know, it only takes five or six losses before the rest of that core group of players, you know, they start to sort of think, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's not about us anymore. It's about yeah. the Aaron Rodgers show. And do we really fit here? And do the ownership, and do the team really care about us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That bothers me. It bothers me too. Because you've got, when you've got a young when you've got a young ascending group of talent like that, they're all coming up together. It's yeah. all around spreading the workload, spreading the expectation. They're all playing their equal part in it. And then you bring someone in and you put them front and centre ahead of those guys. You're saying, this is the missing piece. It's If this doesn't work, it's now all on you, Aaron. And then... <laughs> He's, you know, you know how he's going to react to that. He's going to be a control freak about that aspect of it, possibly. But take him, take his personality out of it. You do that. You you alter that dynamic in that way for any group. And traditionally, it's not always worked that well. Yeah. And on top of that, it's not like they're coming out of a nice, easy division. You know, you've got yeah. the Dolphins are pretty good. The Bills are very, very good. And it's not like the Patriots pushovers. I know they were a little bit dysfunctional last year, but it wasn't like they were terrible. Belichick will trot out out a top 10 defense every year. Exactly. The year that he stops doing it is the year that reality is is completely skewed. The earth is spun off of his axis and the universe will come to an end. So, you know, but but also, yeah, you've got to remember that, that, that in this same division, there is another team that's on a very similar trajectory full of young players and coming up fast and you've got this other bandwagon happening too down in Miami and Miami's all about flash and speed and you know this young nerdy genius in Mike McDaniels and his his you know complex but and diverse running game and the way he's made chicken salad out of chicken poop and and transformed you know and just made that offense such a high octane unit for so much of a stretch of last season. And the expectation this year is that as they've added more speed, it can only get better. So there's that pressure too. Plus the fact that Nathaniel Hackett has, I mean, let's be realistic here. As you referenced earlier, Alan, he's been a placeholder kind of offensive coordinator. I'm not sure, I'm not certain what Robert Sala is really necessarily expecting from his OC. And I, I can't help but wonder if there'll be a slight disconnect here. But... um. For me, 
this one for the Jets is fraught with danger, particularly if they don't win games. Yeah. 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 And the New York media will eat them alive, which is why yes. I think that if you are going to avoid one bandwagon this year, it should be this one. I would like to submit another bandwagon, though, but avoid at all costs, just because of the way things have started out. Um, and I'd like to submit the second bandwagon, but avoidance at all costs, the Detroit Lions. Hmm. And there is a reason. It is, it is sad, and I don't want it to be the Detroit Lions. But is it because run, they're the Detroit Lions? It's partially. <laughs> But, but the things that have happened to them, the things that they have done have been Detroit Lions things. So, yes, they've done Lionsy things. We, we look at the draft and, and what they did and how they used their value and we're left scratching our heads. Then we, we have the, the Jameson Williams, Quintess Cephas, et al. being suspended. They're gambling issues. I think all of those players, except for Jameson Williams, have now been cut. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that Detroit have to live without Jameson Williams for a further six games. And then we actually look at outside of that at the roster that sits in front of us now. And how different is that roster right now from the roster it was in week 17 last year? Has there been some kind of mercurial leap forward? No. 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 So what do we think the reality is for Detroit this year? The one thing they do have going for them is that their division isn't super strong. Um, we don't know what we're going to see out of Green Bay with Jordan Love instead of Rogers. Yeah. That so that's the team they can probably you can probably feel confident that you're going to be above them. The Bears are still rebuilding. Mm-hmm. You know they've they've got brought in some pieces, um, but again they're they're still in that sort of early stage. So your only real worry as a division rival is the Vikings, who are the luckiest team. (laughs) (laughs) Winning every single game by basically nothing. And then when you do lose, you get annihilated. That that, that, was it a 14 and three record or something obscene they ended up with last year? Yes. And they, yeah. they, 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 they broke the NFL record for most... Um, most single-point wins, no one, wasn't it? Most, yeah. most single-score win victories in a season in NFL history. And that's just unsustainable. Yeah, unsustainable. it's entirely unsustainable. unsustainable. Yeah. You can't. You can't be that lucky. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, exactly. So, which is why I'm thinking that Detroit is less of a bad bet if you want to jump on a bandwagon, because... Well, yes, outside of their division, they may struggle because the roster hasn't got that much better and everything else. But at least, unlike the Jets, their division isn't as strong. You know, the Jets are trying to come out of a strong division. Detroit have only got to try and get out of the fairly weak division. Yeah. It, it, it depends how you're looking at it as how strong of a bandwagon it is. For me, I think... Absolutely. Last at this time last year, you were looking at Detroit and you were saying they've got the potential to be a much better team than they showed during the season. Yeah. Uh, but whereas now I'm looking at it and I'm thinking that was true, 
But but like you said, James, where's the progress? I think their ceiling is pretty much the same the, the same type of season as they had last season. I don't, yeah, I would, I, I yeah. don't necessarily see how they get any way better than that all of a sudden. No, it's um, it's I, th- I think they're 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 in danger of plateauing a little bit. Yeah, I think you're going to see a similar record, but they might actually make the playoffs this time around because the other teams in the division won't be as good. Yeah. Um, won't have as good. In the case of the Vikings, it's not that they've got worse; it's just the record can't possibly be as good. <laughs> I think they're a more stable bet than the Jets, definitely. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's less that, volatility. There's a, there's a flaw that that offense and that 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 their offensive coordinator gives them. Yeah, and the stability that their head coach gives them. Um, I just can't shake the feeling that that um you you can only scheme so many games in the NFL before you have to start winning with a little bit of juice as well. You know, yes. sometimes it's yeah. about players taking over games and not you scheming this running game that no one can really work out what's coming next or this very well put together sort of balanced passing game that no one can really stop. Yeah. It's all great and all that, but you do you win playoff games because you have blue chip players making big plays against great teams. Yeah. Because in the playoffs, get this, everyone's good. <laughs> you know? And everyone's watched seventeen games of you and prepared for you. Um so yeah, I, I get the sense with Detroit that like they will be okay. But my my worry is that they've made the moves of a of, of a thirteen and fourteen, when actually they're a team that's a barely a five hundred team. Yeah, they've made moves like they're one one player away, when actually they're not. They're six or seven players away. Yeah, and and that concerns me. That worries me. And there's a little bit of overconfidence and a little bit of head in the sand. There's only so much kneecap biting. Kneecap biting won't win you a game either. It will get you suspended. <laughs> so yeah, we've got that. Are there any other bandwagons that people would like to submit? Uh, Miami. I'd be wary yeah. of Miami. Because okay. So what concerns you? Tua. Uh, it, if if they have Tua and he's healthy for the whole season, Miami will be good. However, there is clearly an underlying issue for Tua. I mean, mm. any time his head gets even a little bit shaken, he has to be out for like three, four games. Completely understandable. Concussions are no joke. But it is clearly an issue. And th- that's literally my only real sort of worry about Miami is literally the health of Tua. Because I think if he's healthy, they're going to be a really good team and they're going to come out and show out in the playoffs. <laughs> because they've got a fantastic offense with yeah. Waddle and Hill and whatever McDaniels wants to throw in. Yeah. Um, it's it's just whether or not <laughs> they they can keep their QB upright and out mm-hmm. of danger. And they went they went and got Devin A chain as well in the draw. Yeah. Yes. Devin <laughs> A chain for speed. Um, a ten point oh six one hundred meter time. Um, so yeah, there's a certain type of player they've gone for. Yeah. Sorry, Alan, you were saying. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, even if he even if he has com- completely 100% healthy and back to his best, you're not going to know that for a, quite a while. So you'll be, are you yeah. playing scared? Are you playing with one eye over your shoulder? Are you playing 
thinking about we need to keep him upright? Is he hesitant stepping into his throws? It's it's a it's a big if, yeah, it is. It's it's not a great play, a great reality to live in, particularly when you look at the offensive line mm-hmm. and and how little they've actually done to upgrade it. Um, and I think that for me feels the most unsustainable part of it. Um, I think it will come back and bite them on the bottom again. Um, and for me. That that will be the reason. I mean, the reason they struggled a lot to, to, to make the playoffs last year is simply because they didn't have two of the whole season. Yeah. Two would have been two or three more wins. Two two would have been mm-hmm. them making it into the playoffs in week seventeen or week mm-hmm. eighteen. Yeah. So yeah, it, it it feels like they they are just perpetuating this destiny for themselves. I'm excited to see what it looks like while he is healthy, but. I, I don't yeah. know that the outcome's going to be very much different. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about some of the notable bandwagons. Do we think there are any good teams that are, li- are set to implode? Where the bubble is suddenly going to just burst from nowhere? I have one like, for this, which I'm, oh, yeah. which I'm which I'm a little bit a little bit worried about. Is um, it the Patriots? <laughs> yeah, no, that's um I could I need a therapist's couch to talk about my views on the okay, but um no <laughs> uh, in, 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 ter- in terms sorry. of it's more of a gut feeling rather than anything logical. But in, when I when I look at what's happened to some teams in the past, um in history repeating itself, I think potentially the Bills I'm worried about. The fact mm. that the fact that their window could potentially be closing a little bit because if they, I, I, I thought, I thought they would steamroller the AFC this year after after the previous two years. The fact of not being able to get it over the line, and the fact that they're stagnating a little bit, their issues and some of the potential reasons for them not getting over the line are the same as they've been the last few years in a row. So, if not now, then when is my question for the Bills? Yeah, the biggest problem for them, it, it was strange because there is a problem with wide receiver two slash pass catcher two. And there's a problem with them finding a running back and catch passes out of the backfield. And by God, they tried to find them last year. I mean, absolutely. Anybody. Can you catch a pass? Yeah, you can try out. Can you catch a pass? Yeah, you can try out. Would you pass the medical? No. Can you catch a ball? Yes. Oh, okay. Come along. But And they tried to solve that problem. They never quite did. And obviously, Gabriel Davis was not quite what we thought he was going to be. Yep. And they go and draft Dalton Kincaid. And I actually understand that. Mm-hmm. I do get it. I do. But but our biggest problem last year was the fact that the quarterback played with an injured elbow and for most of the season. And the offensive line hasn't been very good for two or three years. Um, it's been okay. It hasn't been great. It's not the best unit in the world by any stretch of the imagination. And there's only so long that even Josh Allen, who is obviously six foot twelve and three hundred fourteen pounds and made entirely of high tensile steel, um, can actually take before the injuries significantly affect his game. They only slightly affected his game last year. He was still able to, to, yeah. to you know, not harm them and actually win them some games. But how long is it going to be before 
this attrition wears him down. He's not yeah. able to play for periods of time. That really worries me. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about Andrew Luck. Yeah. I don't want Josh Allen to be the next Andrew Luck. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> I don't want that for him. He's a player I really enjoy watching. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and no. He's, I, an, yeah. Yeah, he's another player that won't back down. He, he'll stand in there and he'll take it and he'll want to take it, which is the worst bit. So I think the onus is on them finding a way to actually protect him. The other thing is that your receiver group is predicated on Stefan Diggs still being the guy at 32. And I admire him for staying at the level he's played at this point in his career, but you are literally betting against Father Time with him now. Yeah. You do have to find a solution. And whether Dalton Kincaid is that, I know rookie tight ends, they take a while. I mean, you only got to look at carpets. We all thought he was going to be some kind of superhuman coming out, but took yeah. him, it took him a while before he started to you start to see those flashes. Yeah, and then yeah. last year they hardly threw him the ball. Yeah, not really. Well, I, I, I think that's more to do with the fact that the Falcons' offense was questionable. running it most of the time, and they were running it most of the time. I think. Arthur yeah, it's, it's, it's really difficult team. to pass people the ball if you're just going to give it to the running back. Yeah. Arthur Smith is his own meme. Yes, it's it's a funny meme though, and it's a successful meme. It's won a lot of games, so it's fine. Um, yeah, I, I do take your point. I think that the Bills do have a potential for being a team that stagnate or have one of those years that, that, that you know makes you wonder: Do they need to re really yeah. really rework yeah. this? And the reason the reason I say that is you've seen it with teams before. Um, off the top of my head. The, the Atlanta Falcons when they got to the Super Bowl and lost yep. you, you, every, everyone thought they'll be back they'll be back, they're too good a team nope, didn't happen um, I'm sure there's more but off the top of my head that was the, that was the one that jumped into mind um, it's, yeah, it, it's the AFC is becoming very talented and it's already hard enough to win in the NFL you know, the, the, I just said I've just got this feeling that the fact they've not got it over the line they, you know, the the Chiefs two years ago, the Bills in the playoffs. Sorry, the Bills, the Bengals in the playoffs last year. If if anything to happened, if anything happens to Josh Allen, they're completely screwed. But even even if yeah. any, even if anything doesn't happen to Josh Allen, it's almost all it's all on him, and that's not sustainable for him as a QB either to to carry a team like that. I mean, you've only got to look at Bolton where we've basically got the same thing with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Everything is predicated on him playing at that sort of MVP level that we know he can do, mm-hmm. but relying on one person to do so much, just, yeah, it's, like, it, it's not sustainable. The teams I that win Super Bowls, you look at the, the squad depth and everything else, you look at someone like the Chiefs, yes, Patrick Mahomes is basically a god, but he also has... Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, who is some kind of psychotic genius when it comes to offenses, and weapon after weapon after weapon. You know, it, it, that's very clearly like, yes, he's really good, but we don't need need him to carry us every single game, just yeah. the odd game here and there. Yeah, yeah. That's how it should be. Because you've seen Chase Daniel win games in that offense. You've seen it. Yeah. Because it's just made very easy for him. 
by the infrastructure around him and the coaching around him and the scheme itself just means that Chase Daniel can play one game a year, win that game, take home 16 million, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And and it's done. It's a good life. (laughs) It's a fantastic magic trick if you can pull it off. Um, (laughs) And he has pulled it off over and over and over. Um, but, um, But yeah, no, I take your point. I think the Bills... Are very concerning. I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, it's, it's almost certainly certain, and I feel awful because I feel awful for one particular player on the team. But the Vikings feel like that team as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they've sustained it for that long. Anyway, I, I don't know how they made it through the latter end of Mike Zimmer, let alone last season, um, without being found out in a big way. And mm-hmm. it, it, it they didn't kind of get found out because they got. Bounced, yeah, in the playoffs. In the playoffs, <laughs> and they got <laughs> destroyed by the Cowboys, yeah. who weren't a great team last year, and they nope. rinsed them. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> However, they were successfully able to impersonate an NFL team again <laughs> for another season, <laughs> yeah. to the point where you know you, you would consider them playoff contenders, and you know you would think that oh, we're going to play Minnesota. That's not going to be that easy a game. And we've been thinking that for years. But if you actually look at the makeup of, of the Minnesota Vikings over the last few years, it's been relatively suspect offensive line. Yep. Um, defense that used to be good is becoming increasingly porous and terrible. Um, yep. Dalvin Cook, um, is he healthy? Is he on the cart? Um, which meant that they were relying on Kirk Cousins. For, for most things and you say that out loud and that feels <laughs> like a very scary place to be it's alright like, Kirk Cousins has us yeah. let's yeah, put yeah. our faith in Kirk let's trust him to take us to the promise land no, no I wouldn't trust him to take me to the mall <laughs> the promise land. fine um, just keep throwing it to Justin Jefferson everything yeah, will be alright <laughs> but, but that appears to be the plan and now they have Jordan yeah. Addison, and that's fantastic. And we've seen Christian Darrisaw develop, but with Dalvin Cook it's... potentially out the door, we've potentially got more instability. Mm-hmm. My bigger concern have... for the Vikings would be yeah. defensively imploding. Yeah. The offense, right. kind of, it's going to be at a certain level. It'll always be. Yeah. You've got Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is, whilst not remarkable, he is solid. It's dependable. He'll get you. He will get you eight wins, give or take, on most teams. That's where he'll get you to. He'll get you to the middle. Justin Jefferson will then push you a bit over that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was going to say. I I know they I know they drafted Jordan Anderson, who could be who could be very 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 good as well. But if you take Justin Jefferson out of that team, are they a playoff team last year? No, probably not. Mm, no. You know? And and again, it's one of those just like we were talking about with the Bills, just like we were talking about with the Ravens. When you have that on a player and they're not as well-rounded a team, it's it's always a recipe for disaster. Yeah. But like I said, I think my bigger concern with the Vikings is their defence. Yes. It's awful. Bad. Awful. It's so bad. It's basically the same defence from the, <laughs> the Minneapolis Miracle, isn't it? I'm fairly sure it's all the same guys and they've just got older. Yeah. And it's just like, it start, it shows and you're just waiting for that. It just to be like, well, we can score about 20, 30 points every game. The problem is we're giving up 40. Yeah. 
you know, you're the, oh, yeah, that, that would be my <laughs> like the, the, the Colts game, the Colts game, for example. But um, I it's, it's it's not one it's not a winning football recipe, definitely not. No, no. So teams imploding, yep, is, is infinitely more fun. Yes, wouldn't you agree? Always, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I loved it with Denver yeah. last year. Nice. Well, you know, mm. I, no. I, 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 look, I, I, it, it, I, I tried to blot it out. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm slowly learning to come to terms with it and just, just process it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and that, now, that, that was the one big, big bandwagon last year. It was. That was amazing. <laughs> It never even really lost, left the garage, did it? Oh, you <laughs> gave one and it went out. <laughs> it's just, oh, oh, this has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> it's like, didn't even get to the first stop. It skidded out of the motorway, flipped over, and killed 26 people. Have you seen the, <laughs> have, have, have you seen the Simpsons episodes where Homer finds his long lost brother and he designs the car for him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you nailed Nailed it. Well yeah. <laughs> Which one's Homer? Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> so, do we think there's going to be a repeat implosion in Denver? I don't know if it can be an implosion if we're not expecting that much from you. That's a fair point, actually. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, then. So, let's let's see if we can find one more, one more implosion one more. case. Do we do we look at any of the playoff teams from last year and think, oh, you're you're due to come down a peg or two this year? I mean, I wouldn't say it would be an implosion, but if Seattle didn't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be super shocked because we scraped in last year, mm-hmm. and whilst we've made improvements, we're still in a tough division trying to get past the Niners. Did it feel a and bit like a- pixie dust? Like it, it a little bit. I was I was not quite. <laughs> I, I, I spent most of the offseason praying that we were going to get a different quarterback than Geno Smith. It turned out Geno Smith was actually pretty good. But the, the past tells us that Geno is not always good. Oh. You know, history is instructive. Mm. So, I, yeah. But again, I don't think that would be an implosion if we missed out on the playoffs. I think that would just be like we had a slightly down year. Implosion-wise... Can it be an implosion if you're the Chargers and doing a Chargers is just what you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> implosion implosion is actually implied in, in the verb charger. So I charger, <laughs> you charger, he charger, she charges, we charger, they charger. It is to, to promise the world and then destroy everyone's hope in you. That is the definition of chargering. Mm-hmm. And it's something yeah. that Chargers fans have lived with since about 1960, since, yes, the very inception of the Chargers. Yeah. Um, so having said that, I actually was going to submit them for my actual bandwagon this year mm-hmm. because I've decided that that's my bus, <laughs> by the way. Isn't that, like, so, I like always good? That- I'm sorry, the Chargers are everybody's favourite coming out of every season. <laughs> every year. Yeah. I've bought into them. For the reason that I was out on them last year, which is that anybody other than Joe Lombardi running that offense automatically improves that team. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it's yeah. Kellen Moore. So I'm thrilled to, to sort of say, well, you know, if I'm getting a bus, I'm getting a bus to San Diego. And I'm right. Technically, it's Los Angeles now. Oh, yes, Los Angeles, sorry. <laughs> but, you know. You could get a bus to San Diego, that's fine. You know. there's, there's still pain there's there. There's no one there. Um, there's still pain there. Um, <laughs> there's, there's definitely a lot of pain there. <laughs> but I'm going to, 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 to go into this with my heart open, my eyes closed, hoping and praying that the Chargers will just care for me and love me and that they will shock the world and be the bandwagon I was glad I jumped on. Because mm-hmm. I, I want it to be a leap of faith. I don't want it to be obvious, you know? I want it to be a leap of faith. But I do think that Kellen Moore gives them that push to be a team that can challenge with Buffalo and challenge with Cincinnati to be snapping at the heels of the Chiefs. So, for me, logically, that makes sense to me. Obviously, they're cursed. Yeah. Nothing will change that. So I've hitched myself <laughs> to this bandwagon now. I will stay on this bandwagon until week 17 or until it just dramatically implodes, whichever is so sooner. Um, yeah, someone accidentally stabs Justin Herbert in the lung. <laughs> Irony. Um, and they have to go get Tyrod. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then, Alan, you can get straight back on the Tyrod Taylor bandwagon. Yeah. Have your, your hopes punctured, much like his lung. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but but uh, what what's your vision for a Chargers implosion? Probably that someone doing something yeah. to Justin Herbert accidentally. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I, I do think they will get a better offense now that they've got Kellen Moore. It won't be like, yeah, we're just going to throw like four yard passes. I hope that's okay. It's like Justin Herbert could literally launch it through the stadium wall from the yeah. other end maybe build on that yeah just a thought so it, it would have to it, it's going to be something like that that will be what causes the inevitable chartering will be a, a, a QB injury or mm-hmm. something along those lines I don't want mm-hmm. it to happen I'm just waiting for it to inevitably happen my Guess what my thing of a charger implosion could possibly be? Does Justin Herbert go too far in that other direction? He's been <laughs> Kellen Moore lets him off the leash, lets him off the leash, and he just starts throwing the ball all over the place. Keenan Allen is getting on in years as well, and as great as a receiver he is, what if his production takes a lot bit a dip? And Josh Allen's lost his safety blanket a little bit and he just starts throwing picks. And yeah. that, that, that's the one thing we can say about Justin Herbert. He's been, he's been very good at turning it loose. But he's also been very good at not turning it over. Mm-hmm. You know, that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. So how much, yeah, I, I, maybe that will be, I think that'll be naturally one of the outcomes of the change in offense, I think he will turn the ball over more, but I think he'll be a more explosive player. Yeah. For that reason. Yeah, the, 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 it's, it's a higher risk, but it's going to be a much higher reward, you which I think is the, a, the important part. 
yeah, you immediately fear the, the the idea of him, you know, turning his back to the defense, putting it in the running back's chest, pulling it back out again, turning around on a seven-step drop, turning, looking downfield, and hurling it 50 yards to somebody. You absolutely are terrified of that as a concept, as a defensive coordinator that scares the life out of you. Yeah. And, and it should. And the fact that they could potentially be allowing him to do it with Kellen Moore, who is one of the better creative offensive minds in the NFL, it, it's, it's a very, very positive thing for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I can see how it will implode. It's almost certainly going to happen that way. But yeah. I, I'm going to trust them one more time. I'm going to give, 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 give it to them one more time. And I don't care that they're a division rival. I think they deserve this. They deserve to make it to another Super Bowl and lose 55-10 again. <laughs> because the opposing quarterback throws six touchdowns. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a long time ago. That was funny. As a Broncos fan, that was the funniest thing ever. It was so, so funny. Just watching them get eviscerated by Steve Young. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> you made it and we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that aside, um, okay. So, looking at the implosions and looking at some of the bandwagons we've been able to jump on, do you guys have any any bandwagons that you're going to be jumping on at this point, or ones that are on your shortlist? There's the Jags. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another, another year of Trevor Lawrence learning how to play in the NFL and everything else. They look decent for a lot of last season. If they get and if they can. If they get if they get prime Calvin Ridley as well, then that's yeah. a fantastic asset for Trevor Lawrence to take a leap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely on the list. Mm-hmm, I think so. Uh, oh, oh. Justin Fields. Yeah, get on the Justin Fields bandwagon. See what he does when he's actually got an offensive line in front of him, yeah. or people to throw to, and a game plan that's actually catered to him and his strengths, as opposed, yeah. as opposed to. Whatever the hell it was, Matt Nagy was doing. So, of all of these rookie quarterbacks, do you think any of those guys are going to be a bandwagon leader this year, potentially? Who do you think is the best candidate to be a bandwagon leader this year? I think CJ Stroud's probably the most NFL ready of the, the, the sort of standout QBs. So, there's a yeah. good chance that. As long as the system isn't too bad, he could actually win. Yeah, you know, they could win a few games. And people are like, "Oh, he's actually pretty good." It's like, yes, that's that's why he was drafted so high. Um, so him, obviously, Bryce Young is very exciting. Um, as long as he doesn't get hit, but Carolina aren't—they're not ready yet as a team. They're kind of like where the Bears were in field season. They're part, part bits and pieces are ready, but they're not. I think the run blocking offensive line that's very ready. Yeah. I think the running game was was very ready. It's just the rest yeah. of it needs to catch up a bit. Yeah, this is um, the thing is it's he won't necessarily look as outstanding if that makes sense because yeah. they'll be playing a lot of run running stuff which Yeah. It is perfect because it means he won't get hurt as much and lowers the risk yeah. and lowers it's, the pressure on him in many respects. It is interesting though because we reference his frame and he's played. He started in the SEC two two seasons, and um, it's not like the offensive line he's been playing behind has been particularly great. Particularly yeah. last year, it was one of the worst Alabama offensive lines I can remember in the last ten years. And 
he only missed one game. Yeah. I, I think a lot is made of his size, but in, in many respects, if you're tough, which he clearly is, and as and he seems to be fairly smart in avoiding danger, yeah. yeah, that that's going to stand him in mm. good stead to not spend most of his life being injured. Or it's entirely possible that he's made of the same material that Devontae Smith is made of. Because I don't think he's made of skin and bone. I think that Devontae Smith is made entirely of titanium. Which is the <laughs> only explanation I have for him surviving this lot without missing any time. At that size. Yeah. I watched Definitely. him in the Super Bowl and the, hit, the hits he takes. There are people that deliberately lay the wood on him because he is so small. And he just jumps right back up again. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know what he's made of. He's just insanely tough for his size. Yeah. Anyway. The, the other yeah. obvious one is is Anthony Richardson. Yeah. In... I was going to talk about him, yes, but I think with yeah. he's the one for me that's the real... If, if there's going to be one of the rookie class who's going to come in and make you go, wow, it's going to be him. With, with Stroud or with Bryce Young, I can imagine easily imagine them coming in and looking good, but looking like rookies at the same time with fairly linear progression, whereas yeah. Richardson is going to be either supernova or dumpster fire on pretty not much in between <laughs> because he's at the Colts. Yeah. yeah. I do, I like a bit as well with Shane Steichen, I think. I think he's going to try and do yep. for him what he did for Jalen Hurts, and I, and I think that the Colts are a slightly better team than the Panthers and the Texans, they are not as far ahead as we probably think, but I think it's the better of the situations. Um, I don't see Will Levis starting. Um, no, I know well, they've still got Tannehill. No. And I, I, I don't know if Levis necessarily is what they're looking for as a person, really. Yeah, don't put mayonnaise in your coffee, for God's sake. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, there's been... He, he fell as far as he did because of character concerns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for a quarterback, that's terrible. You shouldn't have them about a quarterback. The concerns yeah. about a quarterback are his development, not is he an idiot? Because <laughs> that's kind of the death knell for quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. How many idiot quarterbacks make it? I mean, not many. So, so yeah, I'm not saying he's an idiot, but that's, that's the implication. The implication is there. Yeah. So yeah, it is very interesting. This is going to be one of the most interesting NFL seasons that that in, in living memory, I think, because it's going. There's outside of the Chiefs, everything else is shifting. Yeah. And the next ten years of the NFL are being shaped this season and next season. And um, I think the bandwagons that that that, that we find this next two seasons are potentially that next wave of playoff teams, particularly in the yeah. NFC. And it'll be interesting to see if the Giants are worth jumping on this year. Um, it could be interesting. Um, yeah. It might be interesting to see whether the Eagles take a step back. Because they're yeah. it's I, on that team. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure about that. I think they're one of the buses I'm on. I think I think they're yeah. just yeah, um they're, t- they're they, you know, we, we've said it before and been wrong, but they're a team you're looking at and you say, yeah, they'll be back. They, yeah. they've, they've got, the, they kept their base. They added a few yeah. pieces. They just drafted the entire Georgia's team. Um, it's constant succession planning. But, yeah, but 
I'm not. I'm, I'm less worried about. It. If you look at all, the, yeah. If you look at all the playoff teams from last year and said, right, who are you putting your money on to 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 be as good or better? It's it's the Eagles by by far for me. I think. Yeah, they may not make the Super Bowl this year, but that shouldn't necessarily be considered a failure if they no. don't. As long as they make a decent playoff run and still look like not actually the exact same team as last year, but look like basically that. Going to, going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. You, you can always lose a playoff game, but yeah. um, but if, if they're going to be one of the strongest and the best, well put together teams in the NFL. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we, we, we've pretty much put this one to bed. I think we've covered all the major bases and it's it's very much... It, it's a, it's always a difficult one to predict, but there's some fascinating candidates for implosion and fascinating bandwagon candidates. It's been a really interesting conversation. It's been a really nice one to have to do something this loosey goosey because normally we don't get yeah. to. Yeah. Um, so hoping to do a bit more of this sort of loosey goosey stuff um, in the near future because literally every in the, in the olden days, the old Gentleman podcast, they were all loosey goosey. They were all oh. five hours long, and that's not sustainable. <laughs> But, um, but you know, it's very, very nice just to talk about a subject or take some things from a different slant. So thank you for joining me for this. Thank you for putting up with, with the backup, because I am Brian Hoyer to, to dance Tom Brady. Um, it's been really that's, weird. That's a bit harsh. A bit maybe, harsh. A, yeah. maybe a Jimmy G to Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we'll say we'll say that it's been it's been fun, um, but I cannot wait for Dan to come back because I I much r- rather be the disruptive influence in the corner <laughs> that just shouts things at people. Yeah, it's a role it's fun, that. fun. Yes, yes, you are basically me, um, only louder. Yeah, and, and hairier. Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> I'm hairier than most people. I've always convinced I'm slightly less evolved. See, I used I'm to hairier. Be I used to be as hairy as you. Me and Dan, we used to be as hairy as each other. <laughs> yeah. Quite jarring. It was like, it was like <laughs> two vagrant musketeers. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Only one of us is remarkably tall and one of us is not. <laughs> so it was quite jarring as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. But um, it, it's it's been... It's been a it's been a fantastic evening. I do it's been good. feel the need to get to yeah. bed now. Yeah. Because yeah. I am extraordinarily tired. It is the bank holiday weekend. Alan, thank you for not thank you for putting off whatever beers you were going to have to do this. I'm very grateful to you. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um it was a re- fairly it was a ended up just being a few beers in my garden, um, sitting watching the football and I positioned myself so I could see the football on the TV in the sun. Um and everything else didn't pan out but it was um, an absolute pleasure to be able to catch up with you guys thank you perfect and and Bill thank you I'm sure that, that Bracknell is missing a woodsman um, I should move to Yately now but yeah you moved to Yately okay yeah but yes you've perfected that sort of Viking woodsman look now oh yeah um, it's, it's uh-huh. what I'm going for hashtag nailed it um, thank you so before we go um, how can how can our listeners get hold of you um, I am Not on Twitter. Hold of you, because you're quite frightening. Bill. I mean, they can. I'm a very good hugger. It's fine. Mm. <laughs> this is all just a big scary facade. I'm actually a teddy bear. Um, 
on Twitter, it's at KnucklesHeavy7, or come and join me on the Discord, where I mostly try and bait other people into yelling, mm-hmm. or get baited into yelling at people. That also happens. Mm. Mm. I like baiting you. It's fun. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. And Alan, how can we get hold of you? Because you're the grown-up here. Yeah, <laughs> oh dear, that's what I am. At AldoW83 on Twitter, uh, or yeah, come join the Discord. It's uh, a lot of fun, particularly in the height of the season when it's all kicking off. But um, oh, yes. fun other times as well. I check it fairly regularly. Yeah. It, Discord literally improves my enjoyment of Red Zone by about 25 to 30%. And I didn't think it was possible before it existed, but it does. It absolutely does. Yes. Um, so, yes, my best advice to you is come join the Discord. It is on our pinned tweet on the Twitter page. It is fun. It's a little community. It is a bit weird at times. We all do know each other a little bit too well, but everybody's welcome. We do like new blood, especially people that remind us that there is a world out there. Um, so come have conversations and have fun with us. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with us in our break and in our absence. Thank you for bearing with me. Dan will be back soon. I haven't usurped him. There hasn't been a bloodless coup. So thank you from myself, Alan, and Phil. Good night, everybody, and God bless you.